Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Hello, hello. This is Ty, Find Your Beast with Ty. We got a new guest on here today. We've done a lot of conversations before. Uh, this is my cohort in diversity and inclusion. She's like the passionate master of that. She's going to bring some of that new wave stuff to us. Her name is Christian Pudlo. She's going to be bringing some, some just natural stuff to us about government. We're going to be talking government talk, but we're going to keep it real now. Now, I don't want y'all to get upset. We're going to at least have learning so we can learn how to understand each other versus just respond to each other. You know, on my podcast, we keep it real, but I want you to understand how to talk to people about this. We're going to be talking about some issues, some solutions, and how to actually bring it up. Come on, Christian, and tell us hello here right now and say hello to all of the Find Your Beast people out there. Well, hello. Thanks so much, Ty, for having me on. I'm excited to have a conversation today about something most people don't really want to talk about. I'm kind of a super nerd when it comes to this stuff, so uh, these kind of conversations are, are rare for me. But I'm excited to be able to kind of talk about, you know, some thoughts and perspectives and share you know, share thoughts about all of that stuff. So yeah, thank you. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you passionate about there, Krishna? Tell us what you're passionate about. Well, this is where I lose a lot of people, but I am honestly passionate about the government. Um, okay. And, and, our and why you, so, why, why? Tell us why. Now. That's a good question. So um, I won't talk much about this, but I, I think the passion started when I was 18. I'm a veteran and I deployed to Iraq and, um, I like to tell people I grew up in Iraq. I didn't get taller because I'm only five feet tall, so kind of short. But um, seeing how other countries don't have the infrastructure we do, they can't have the economy. There's no roads for transportation. There's not the, you know what I mean? So um, anyway, just coming home and recognizing, you know, I'm in a restaurant listening to people complain about the water tastes like chlorine. Um, and I just come from a country where, you know, people didn't have clean drinking water and there's people I know that would give water to a mom and she would be weeping because she got clean, fresh water for her kids, you know, and she's nursing a baby. And so um, it just really caused me to have a more grown up perspective, I would say, or more mature understanding in the context of the world. So obviously there's things wrong with and things we need to work on together, you know, rebuild and make more functional. But um Anyway, long story short is I, I came home and um, just had a renewed perspective of how lucky we are, uh, despite, you know, when you love something, you can see its faults, and but you still love it anyway. So that's, I think, my perspective there. But um, I think that's really where it started. So I was, uh, yeah. Anyway, when I came home, I went and got a degree in criminal justice, and I have a bachelor's in sociology. And um, just started to, after I got my bachelor's a few years ago, I started to... Um, just be more really wanting to be more directly involved with community and work directly with the community. So uh, I did what a lot of people would call a mistake. I quit a really, really great job with great people. Um, but it was to, and I took a huge major uh, pay cut to go work for a city. Um, but I can tell you, I got paid way more than money. Um, I got to work in the mayor's office and she was a, an amazing woman. And I got to learn a lot from her and, and the challenges and the difficulty of, 
of working in local government and also how amazing um, our government runs at the local level. And so I think that's under-recognized oftentimes. You know, we don't recognize our roads are dependent on, on those local governments or our drinking water and all those uh, functioning systems that impact our daily life. And so I uh, just started to grow in my passion and, and decided to um, take a break and go to school full-time school. So I'm a full-time student at the University of Southern California for their MPA program. And I've just been really investing in and in kind of understanding more about our government, how it works and how I can apply my, um, apply my passions and information, but uh, kind of took a weird turn to what I thought it was going to be. So I don't know if you want me to stop there and you can take over. Oh, I was letting you talk. Don't worry about me. They know I'm going to jump in, do my thing and mix it up. So as you talk about your full-time passion and as she goes through this, she, she went for a passion. Sometimes you got to jump, like I tell you, and you're going to get your clothes torn up. You're going to get beat up because people are going to talk about you. Remember, sometimes it's not always something that they see. It's what you see in yourself. And it's going to struggle because, trust me, me being hours. a financial advisor, uh, you know, I'm be like, hey, hey, you know, this is the safe route. But it's not always the right route. So as we talk about these different issues and how we follow our passions in life, sometimes you got to ask yourself, do I, am I really going for it? Is it about the payment or is it about adding value? What are some ways you think you can add value as a government advocate? Just help us out here. Help us well, out. That is, so this is the crazy turn. Um, I honestly was like, how can I, how can I help people see the, the goodness that, that our government does provide? Now, certainly not perfection, because we all know that there are, are big issues that really need a lot of reform. And I mean a lot, like I could talk a whole episode on criminal justice reform and stuff I've been studying in other states. It's pretty exciting. Uh, I have to be honest, a lot of the stuff, I come at it with my super conservative Don't worry, mindset. I won't let it go the whole time. I won't yeah, let it go so, the whole time. Don't worry, okay. we're going to cut it short. We get kind of crazy when I have two people, when I have two, three people on here. <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, long story short is uh, I thought I was going to run for office. I thought I was going to, you know, graduate and go try to be city council. And this might still be possible, but at the end of my heart just said, and I, I'm a, I'm a Christian, so I, I pray, I, I respect every faith. I love people, all people. Um, but for me, my own personal faith, uh, I felt like it turned me around in a direction that I was not expecting and didn't see coming. But um, I just remember I had an epiphany one day that I, I was called to the office of citizen. And that's what I wanted to run for. And that I hadn't really been honestly existing and fulfilling the role and responsibility of citizens. So how could I go and run for office somewhere if I wasn't really fully functioning as a citizen? And I felt like in my heart, and this is probably, you know, those years of contemplation, passion about the government. I've spent most of my working life since I was 18 until now I'm 37. I've worked for the government the whole, the whole time. Um, and I think it just came down to realizing recognition. 
office could I go obtain that would be higher than citizen? And the truth is there isn't one. Uh, but we haven't taught that, talked about it, or taught our kids this. And so, um, honestly, my goal is to make government cool in school because I worked at a, a mayor's office and I answered the phone and 64% of the phone calls, and that might be a low estimate, were people calling and they're but they don't know how it works. And so a lot of my job ended up being teaching people where to go with their complaint, what department that wasn't, you know, is it a state jurisdiction? Is this a mayor's job? Is this a, a school district that falls under the state board of education? And I've heard, I've heard people running for offices on promises that are outside of that office's jurisdiction that they cannot possibly fulfill because it's not their role. They don't have a legal jurisdiction over that thing. And so just recognizing that, um, First, my own lack of understanding as a citizen and how much I grew getting plugged into local government and, and recognizing how all that worked. But um, so the need to better myself as a citizen and better fulfill my roles and my understanding and kind of just like you said, you just jump in. And uh, if you are frustrated about something, you're curious, um, you have to just kind of jump in and, and be willing to look messy for a second and, and realize, okay, I, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to go sit at this city council meeting or listen to this county, you know, this board, uh, county board meeting or whatever. I'm, I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm just going to listen online or just kind of plugging in. But um, anyway, so well, I guess do I'm, your homework, do yeah. your homework out there. Cause sometimes we don't know all of the issues that a, a person in those roles have to face. They don't know the budget. But I think a lot of times, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel as though that if y'all just tell it all, just snitch, just tell it all what's going on up there. I think that's what we really want. We want y'all to tell us, don't be hiding stuff from us because as the constituents and as people trying to understand what's going on, just just go ahead and rip it off. Rip uh -huh. it off. Just rip yes. it off and be transparent. You know, just rip all them clothes off. Let's go. Yeah. Rip okay. them layers off and go. Let's just run through the streets naked, whatever it is, and just tell us how it is. Because what it does is a lot of people can't handle the truth anyway. You know, I love that. They know I love that on the thing. You can't handle the truth. So a lot of times we can't handle the truth that, hey, we ain't got no money. We can't afford that. I know you came up with a good idea because you's a good idea, monkey. But this is the constraints because I don't have legal jurisdiction and this is how the process works. I think a lot of times what y'all need, what they need to do up there in the government is maybe spell it out for us. Talk to us like a two-year-old. I, you know, I talk about mm -hmm. that a lot on my podcast. Sometimes y'all try to get complex and that's when people be like, you know, they get that look in their eyes like, you know, what are you talking about? I think that's what we have to do is understand that basic, we need to develop a class on basic government, government basics. Mm -hmm. That's yes. what we have to do. Write that down because we're going we're gonna to develop a class Y'all, if y'all want to sign up, y'all hit us up. We're going to develop a class on government basics because what has to happen is people got to be educated. As soon as you educate me, then I'm not over here complaining no more because I'm like, oh, you can't do that anyway. You you can't. That ain't your, that ain't your lane. 
And when that's not your lane, then you can't go forward. Now, today, over these next 40, 45 minutes here, we started a little late, but that's okay. The thing is, what we're going to talk about is how to get those basics back in check. So bring up, tell us a little bit there, uh, Kristen, what you got for us. Well, so this is a, I just, I don't know who said this, but I heard, I heard a pastor say it. So I just give credit to some unknown name out there, but it was a good statement and it really hits home to what I think the big issue is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a critical imbalance I see. And I'm, like I said, I've been plugged into the government since I was 18 until now. Mm -hmm. And so people are not involved and that causes there to be a lack of accountability. If why people are not, are not why, right, did, why did not well, because I, I think it's understand what the issues are and how impactful those decisions are at city council meetings or can, you know, county meetings, uh, even state board meetings, those kind of things, state legislatures, people don't understand those decisions because we don't teach it in school. We're not teaching how to be citizens, but we have to. I think we're at a point in our nation where it is actually time for us to stand up and, and be involved citizens and to get plugged in. But that starts with, just like you said, kind of learning the basics. But I'll just say what he said was that uh, rights without responsibility lead to anarchy. And so what I'll just say, and I'm speaking for myself, my own recognition of my own weakness as a citizen is that I, I, we're all aware of our rights as American citizens, but what we've forgotten to grab hold of is that responsibility part. That's so right. what is, what is our responsibility as a citizen? What do I need to do as a mom, a wife, you know, a worker, name whatever role you're in. We each have, we have rights, yes, but we need to hold those responsibilities and take hold and actually do the work of maintaining our rights. And that comes from being involved. And so what I've seen happen at extremely at the federal level is that um, citizens aren't involved. So there's no accountability. People aren't asking the questions. So the only two voices being heard are going to be the two extremes. So if I could die, uh, put a diagram out there, just a mental picture, it would be, you know, a teeter-totter. There's a triangle underneath and it's going from one extreme to the other and there's no balance in the middle. But we need to get more people involved and kind of round that out. So it's not going from one extreme to the other. But the problem is, is that we have been afforded, and I'll just say, I'm an artist, so I, I appreciate art, but our government runs so well that we haven't had to be involved. But the problem is, is that that us not being involved, we've, we're busy, we go to work. And I think there's a lot of reforms that need to happen. I think they need to have a, a holiday for voting and things like that. But uh, it's caused this to be an imbalanced system. And so it's starting to hit extremes and it's just not, it's not healthy. Well, also, don't you think, I mean, I'm not really that, I'm not, I don't listen to the news half of the time or engaged in a lot of the politics because isn't isn't it, let, let's just be real here isn't politics most people out there thinking the same thing i'm thinking i'm gonna say it for you guys because i know you ain't gonna say it but most of the time if i hear a politician talking i'm thinking they lying i mean they ain't telling me the truth they're not being transparent they got a mask on and they got all these layers they hiding something under cover because sometimes they forget that they're supposed to be serving who? The people. So when you're not serving the people, sometimes people be like, well, you ain't, you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. 
Because really, that's what I want. I want to know that you care about me. Do you try to understand me or are you up in your ivory tower doing your thing? You ain't you you ain't telling me nothing. You ain't telling me nothing truthful. Mm -hmm. This I I totally agree, and this is why I realize that I don't think that we can fix this imbalance in the no. system from within. So that's why I realize I, that's part of the epiphany I had is like, if I want to go and fix this and and make some corrections and reforms, I actually can't in an office where people don't trust me. But if I'm running, if I'm just being a citizen and to take their own involved and start to help educate because I've been excuse me you know the word or whatever if that's not appropriate but I've been working very hard with my degree and I'm not going to waste it so if I use my degree instead of running for office if I use it to educate other people and nobody's paying me any money I'm just I'm using it to help other people understand the government and how to get involved then we can reform the system from outside. And I think that might be the only way to reform it, to be honest, to inject accountability that's missing. And I can tell you, we need to learn what questions to ask and who to ask them to. So I can tell you like Idaho state property taxes. And this is just a two second snippet and people can go do their own research. But uh, in 2016, they put a cap on homeowners exemptions and it was raising or increasing about 10 or 15% every year. Uh, and you can, there's a website, you can go look at Idaho home, homeowner exemption um, history, and you can see it was increasing. And so that homeowner's exemption is what protected homeowners from the increase in market value. Because the state constitution says, you know, property uh, taxes will be taken out of um, the market value. That's probably never, that. and that's okay, because there was a protection there. But in 2016, the state legislature passed a law to freeze that homeowner's exemption. So it's stuck at about 110. I think it's in the hundred thousands, low hundred thousands. We all know our property values have gone up, which is great, but we don't have that protection anymore. Now, what that did is it shift the balance of the tax burden off of businesses, which has helped our economy. But what it's done is increase the burden to homeowners, especially people on fixed income who worked their whole life, paid off their house or were responsible now their taxes for their house are, are more than what their house payment was 50 years ago. And it's been paid off. And so these people are struggling and that homeowner's exemption is there to protect them. What makes me mad is that our legislatures, the one whose names are on that bill that passed, when everybody's complaining about property taxes increasing in Idaho drastically, they won't talk about why they've increased so fast. It's because they don't have that buffer that's there in the law. They've removed it. And so if you're going to do that and it's increasing Idaho's economy, be honest about it. But like you said, there's some lack of accountability because we don't know what question. So I'm not well, talking about I, that anymore. But. Well, I think that, you know, really when you ask, when you, when you think about it, we kind of know what questions to ask because I think we're kind of thinking because when we're upset about the government or any issues going on with the government, we kind of know when we're passionate about something, that's probably your purpose. Anytime you think you can fix something out there, as I always tell people, that means you have a passion to change it up. You want to do something. And I think a lot of times we have to just sit, think, and say, well, what would I do differently? And ask your politicians 
if you want to get involved, I'm not saying I'm the best advocate in the world because I'm not. I check out of things. I tend to work on mindsets because I feel as though at least if I can work on mindsets, maybe they might go up there and stir the pot because maybe that's more of their passion dealing with the government. Because if I run for political office, I'm just going to tell everything. Hey, we ain't got no money. So we allowed this to happen. This is some of the areas we think we can fix this. And I think what that needs to happen is, you know, have a town hall, not where they just telling us what they want us to hear, but actually say, hey, we got this issue here. We need to build a team to mm -hmm. actually come up with some solutions so we can actually vote on this. Come up with three or four solutions. All of this stuff is basic leadership one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. that's the problem we done been taught this in the military many times over and over again it's basically identify the problem then you get a team together to work the problem and then what they do is bring it back to the group and say these are our various solutions this is the pros this is the cons this is actually the way it happens i mean i have a mm -hmm. six sigma green belt black belt whatever you want to call it so these are, we know how to work a problem. I don't have to know nothing about no politics, but it's a problem. Now you got to go get the experts to go do the research. It's very easy to facilitate since I'm a business facilitator, you know, to facilitate a problem. All you need to do is get them organized to where, okay, you are good at this. Okay, you good at that. Now build a team and then we're going to collaborate I think that's where we're losing it. There's us versus them mentality mm -hmm. right now. It's the government versus the people. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to fix. All we got to do is I got to love you. You love me. Guess what? I'm going to make sure that you. I bring you guys into the fold so you can understand the big picture. And this happens all the time in most organizations. This is basic dysfunctional leadership dysfunctional leadership is the whole premise of the reason why we don't function mm -hmm. like a well or machine where everything matters even on a car people say what's the most important part of a car what's the most important part of the car uh, i mean the whole engine no because i can cut the wires the engine don't work all I got to do is cut a twenty-something-dollar wire. It don't work. Right. Everything matters on that car to make it run. The engine ain't the most important because if I take the battery out, the engine don't run. And <laughs> the battery's cheaper than the engine. The thing is, is that's what we have in the disconnect in our government. Mm -hmm. We're not recognizing spark plugs. Got to make that engine run. Yeah. We don't realize them little itty bitty wires. Guess what? They make that car do something like on my car. I'm using that scenario. That little itty bitty thing making my engine just, just keep buzzing. Guess mm -hmm. what? The engine don't function when all these little sensors and all these other little itty bitty things don't work properly. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what's happening with our government in a sense because well, one's doing one thing and one doing the other thing. 
So we're going to have a disconnect. Yeah, and I think that's another, um, that's part of that Office of Citizen Epiphany that I had is that at some point, our government stopped catering to the citizen. And, and it was supposed to be built around the citizen. Citizen is the highest office in our nation. That is, that is the highest office you can attain. And we're not owning it. I'm not owning it. But I want nope, to own it. I'm not owning it. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like we, honestly, we are going to have to pick up our, <laughs> pick up these, you know, heavy britches, pull them on and actually own the office of citizen and make That's our government, right. Make our government actually cater to the citizen. <laughs> so, and let's talk about, I mean, at the founding of our nation, freedom of the press was there so that we could be informed. Can I just tell you Tyrone uh, that, Right. So what happened is at some point, the press and I have sources, if you want to talk about this, I can share all kinds of academic sources that this is statistically proven, but it's so polarized that we're not getting the whole story anymore. So the truth is, is that there's a narrative being told about our nation, about who we are, about mm -hmm. everything. And it's mm -hmm. that's it. To, we can't, like you said, we can't own our voice if someone nope. else owns our ears. So we're going to have to take our ears and start listening to you know the whole get story, the wax not out. just two get parts. The wax out. Get the wax yeah. Out. So what happened? And so the, I actually have some thoughts on this too. But uh, government accountability, the government needs to restructure itself, like you said, to where it's got a citizen-facing entities that are there to just teach and and interact and coordinate with citizens and help enable and equip them to be involved. Um, but you know, we're gonna not. I don't think we can fix that from inside. I think we have to, as citizens, just kind of swarm around and start to require these things to policymakers. And uh, we have to be louder than the, you know, the interest groups that are that are out there. But basically, and I have example. I have uh, specific examples. Um, so for one. my Give job, I worked in emergency management in a, a city during COVID. So I was in a mayor's office doing citizen support. And when COVID happened, they put me in emergency management because some of my work experience. So part of that job is I had to listen to uh, the White House press conferences every single day. And I listened to all two hours. Some of them were two and a half hours. And I listened to every single part. I had to read every you know executive order from the president and look at legislative sessions and listen to those meetings because those were the best way that I could find information about what resources were coming down, how I could get people help, how we we're going to feed people, the farm to farmer food program, all that stuff that came out. We as a city were getting that information directly from the congressional and federal level. Um, and so I read every single one of those orders. I sit and listen to every congressional meeting about all those stimulus packages at the very beginning. I've been out of it for a while, but long story short is I started to really kind of get plugged in. And, and then I would hear, um, let's, I would hear a news source and the news media weren't reading all these things. So that's the problem. So the news weren't educated on those executive orders. They weren't briefing, or I saw no news stories on any source. And I'm talking both sides, whatever you want to say, but there was no news coverage of all of that hard work that was being done on either side. Nobody was telling the full story. Um, but then Why even is worse is Why I saw is one. Why is what, that? Well, I saw one reporter who actually took time to read an executive order and it was about prescription drug prices being uh, essentially, and I don't want to get into all of it, but it was a really good policy. And, and it was like an opportunity for all of us to say, it doesn't matter what side you're on. This is a good policy. People are dying from lack of insulin 
you know, and this president was it should have been like a partisan thing. Like everybody should have patted each other on the back, but they asked the top two names, but they asked two top, uh, you know, let's say a house speaker and a, a the one right below them. They asked what they thought about this executive order and they hadn't even read it and it had been out for a month. Most and of the time they don't. It was a big deal, that executive order. So what happened is they asked them, what do you think about this executive order? And I was first impressed because I'd been watching press conferences for months and I hadn't heard anybody asking about any of that stuff that I had been listening to every day. And so I was like first shocked there was a reporter actually reading it. And then my even more upsetting result was that the people they asked, they started to comment uh, and speculate what it was about and started to criticize this order that they wrote in their head that was imaginary and they had no idea what it was even about. So long story short is that our top nations politicians are not, who, who, and who, if our, if our media is not reading and they're not paying attention, then we're not getting the information. And if our top level politicians in the nation who we pay full time to do this, if they're not reading a two page executive order, they're, they're afraid to even read another person's order. That's, that's the government. They're not doing their jobs. Well, and that's, well, a lot of times don't they have a bunch of aides that do all that type of stuff? Cause I know the Supreme court justice after watching several movies on the Supreme court justice, you know, some of them guys was a hundred years old up there. There's no way a hundred year old person can actually function at the level that we function in at working 40, 50 hours a week and reading all this stuff. So isn't it usually a, a college student that actually is doing the reading and then they get in the cliff note version? Okay, this is what's going on. Well, I can tell you based on my experience of watching for months and months, no whatever their college people are doing, it isn't actually paying attention to the government. It's working on their agenda that they're, I, I like to say privately funded politicians, and this is across the board, every side, they're getting paid to have an agenda and that's what they're paying attention to. They're not paying attention to actual government work. In my opinion, now there's good people out there doing hard work, I respect that, but there's, there's some lack of actual doing the work of governance, it's not happening. They're not paying but attention. What I'm saying is, I guess, not college students. They, you know, I'm just old, per se. They're young enough to be college students, a lot of them, and they're reading briefs to the Supreme Court justices. They, I mean, they're aides. They're not college students, per se, but they're young in that age range when you got 20-something-year-olds or 30-year-olds. And it's not because of the age, but it's because the Supreme Court justice got all these briefs to read and all these cases, and they don't have time. And this is just an example. They don't have time to read. I mean, how many people actually read the tax laws? I mean, it's 14, 24,000 pages. Ain't nobody read that. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody read that. Who wrote that? <laughs> who read, who read 24,000 pages and mm -hmm. signed it? No, I'm going to sign it because, because, Big Bob over here told me if I sign it, then when I bring something up, Big Bob gonna take care of me. Isn't mm -hmm. that the, the truth of some of this? You take uh, yeah, care, I'm of not, care of you. I'm, I'm definitely not disagreeing. There's some lack of what, but for me as a citizen, I think 
that's their job. It's their job to read and know and be aware. Even if they're not but, reading, it's their job to make sure somebody is informing them of this stuff. And so if our news media is not aware of the two-page documents that come out that have huge impact, impacts that are good, we're not listening. We can't even hear the good news because there's good news and, and it's not being reported. It's just too much information. It's information overload. There is no way that your little mind can handle all that information. You can't handle it. It's like, it's like it, it's like almost like a time bomb getting ready to explode. Because sometimes you get so much information or inundated with, let's say this high, let's say eight feet tall of information. They want you to read it all. Are you humanly able to obtain all that information at one time? Well, I mean, then that goes back to like the allowance of pork barrel legislation. I don't know why that is allowed. That's why those bills are so big because they shove whatever they want in there that's on their agenda. <laughs> they already know what they signed it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. just so, but I will say, I will compliment every high functioning, the fact that we have clean drinking water every day. We get to drive on the roads and we're not That's hitting right. potholes and our, you know what I mean? So yeah, and not only that, but the, I feel like for me, group work is the best piece of art you could come up with. So the fact that our government is still functioning on the level that we have clean drinking water, we have good transportation. So they you function know, at a hot mess level and still making sure you got safety. Yeah. So, but that tells me, and I'm not going to blame that on the politician, the highest level politicians. Now, again, I'm, there's good and bad. But I'm going to blame it on, like, there's government workers who do a good job. They go to work every day and nobody recognizes or cares what they're doing, but they're cleaning your water to make sure it's drinkable. You know what I mean? So I blame uh, it on all of us. I don't mm -hmm. believe it's no one person or I think it's the whole crew. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a team. You know, one team member acting up was well, just your whole team. Your whole team goes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a I don't think it's a blame thing. I just think you don't have, they don't have enough human capacity to read all these bills and then some sneaky person undercover sneak something in and say, well, I'm going to sneak this in because they ain't going to read it all anyway. Because they, they take advantage. Yeah, they, they love the ignorance. They take advantage of it. But can I just say, I've one of my favorite superheroes because he's, you know, government. It was, I don't remember his name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have looked it up before. I didn't know I was going to talk about it, but he's the guy who started the first sanitation department in New York. Everybody was dying of dysentery and all these diseases that come up um, from having, you know, there was horse manure everywhere and human, you know, there was just, it was filthy. And everybody said, you can't clean it, but it was causing people to die, kids to die, all kinds of, you know, diseases that are preventable if we have hygiene and he said well give me a team and give me horses and give me equipment and I will clean these streets and so he started the first sanitation department in New York nobody knows his name including me right now even though I've read about him twice but um anyway long story short is that man is a superhero he did what everybody said it's too messy you can't do it but he saved millions and millions of people's lives not only that but then everywhere else in the country started to get a sanitation department and clean up the mess and save lives so this is really people like that who are, you know, not afraid to get a shovel and go in and clean it up. And so if I could just be honest, I do believe that we can fix how complex our government is. I, my personal thought and theory, so this is not, um, this is a, we'll call it napkin idea, a napkin policy, but I do think that it would take a, a 
a team just the same size as it takes to maintain the game World of Warcraft. Everybody plays that. A lot of people play it anyway. Um, it that. would take it would take a team and a budget the same size as that, which my husband's an IT developer. So I started asking questions, you know, how many people do you think it would take to do this? But if we could take our laws and make them uh, all on a web page in an organized fashion so we could connect them. So if I wanted to know uh, as a citizen, what laws cover this? And I could see my city code, my county code, my state law, and then the federal laws that cover it all in the same search and make it organized. So you and I, we should not have to be lawyers and go get degrees to understand how our laws work. And honestly, I do think it would take a budget and a, a staff the same size as World of Warcraft to maintain a virtual game as it would to fix that part of our government. And the accountability office, we have the government accountability office. Um, I think because the press is not doing their job to educate citizens, there should be a citizen facing government accountability office and they report to us. They basically spy on the government and hold people accountable for all this stuff. Uh, and I, I have, I could talk for hours about the things that we know. Uh, our government was the most high functioning in the 1890s because there was a cap uh, that said that the legislators had to have a way to fund their policies before they could pass them. They got rid of that policy when the Iraq war started and we haven't re-implemented it. And then, the Glass-Steagall Act was removed. They removed uh, financial, which you might know about all that, but they removed financial regulations, and then that's what caused the how you know the crash. Most in 2008. wars is when they sneak stuff in. Even we, war two, they mm -hmm. sneaked in income tax. We always didn't have income tax. They call it a war tax. I'm just giving you a little history there, and they mm -hmm. snuck it in, and they said we're gonna keep that. Right. Yeah. So long story short is that we actually do know, we have enough knowledge and information to know what makes our government run well, but there's not enough people educated to make that, those things be re-implemented. Like, hey, Congress, you can't pass laws unless you know where that's. So then, then you have, we don't have a balance a deficit, but our government was the most high functioning in the 1990s. So we have examples of what good policy looks like uh, and how to run that, but we've you know, we kind of got away from, and it's understandable when you're in war, I'm not going to talk about all of that, but you have to make changes and sacrifice, but you got to come back. And as a, a finance person, I'm sure, you know, there's times where you have to take risks, but then, you know, you bring yourself back in. And so I just, but people don't know that these things happened. The other, the second thing is that we tax, uh, we tax everybody uh, based on their income, except for the, the top percent of the wealth in our nation. So the, the most wealthy people, and there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. In fact, we want to have a good economy where That's people right. can gain wealth and be mm -hmm. wealthy. That's what everybody, we want to raise up everybody's wealth level. That's good. Um, but what's not good is an unbalanced taxation system. And so uh, we, we don't have a balanced taxation system right now because uh, anyway, but I'd like to have a show about that separately. All anyway, right, long we'll story down, short, write it down. We'll do it. We're going to do yeah. a report. The thing is, is that also to inject real quick, you know, like that Robin Nagel, it was a female. In 2002 and back earlier, it was Edward Humes. He was the guru on the, the amount of poundage of sanitation to go back to that. And I think a lot of times what happens is the person that has to stand up is us. That's why I'm not gonna blame the government. Mm -hmm. It's not the government's fault. It's our fault. We got to stand up okay. just like the American Revolution. They stood up and mm -hmm. said, nah, y'all ain't going to do this. But remember, they had people who was taking the blue pill, like on the Matrix, 
they were taking the blue pill and say, I just want to go back to just closing my eyeballs and keep on trucking. So as people talk about this, it's like all these other things out there, racial injustice. We could do a whole podcast on that. All this other things that's happening in our society. The problem is, is that it's an age old, uh, you know, uh, I drew a blank that genre where we have to not talk about politics. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if y'all grew up with them parents, but my parents would have been, uh, you know, 90 something years old. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about sad. Don't talk about none of them things. So I'm like, when are you going to talk about them things when most of our time is spent at work? A lot of times, if you're working a 40, 50 hour week versus at home, and now you get different people's perspective. That's the reason why our Congress can't come up with something because we don't know how to say, okay, that's a good point, Christian. So since that's a good point, let me understand. Let me take notes on that versus, oh, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. Because we always want to be right versus allowing everyone to be included. We need the inclusion. That's what we need. Amen. And that's where each person, if we, if we, I, me, have to take responsibility on the office of citizen. You, 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 listen to that. You. Right. Own the office of citizen. Start to ask questions and hold people accountable. Um, and, And it's like looking in a mirror, to be honest. I can't imagine. I thought about this the other day when the first mirrors started to come out can you imagine how many people would have been sorely disappointed because they they've been looking around at everybody else and never really got to see themselves and so Mm -hmm. sometimes when we look in that mirror it's so ugly we don't want to look back at it but to be honest if we just spend that minute to be ugly and start brushing our teeth and you stink (laughs) it right doing all that stink it that stinky attitude just funky yeah so i feel like as citizens as the united states just as a whole all of us me too holding that mirror up let's admit we've been ugly we haven't we haven't mm-hmm. taken Just ownership ugly. yeah Just but ugly. but it's not but a lot of times that's not because that internal meaning talk y'all be doing too right well yeah. and that's the other thing is that we have to understand our value and this is going to come back down to families so you talk about we need to stop peeing on each other and i mean little forts, you know everybody the little logos the little yeah, everybody's peeing on each other. I'm just going to say that's probably not going to get us where we need to go. <laughs> but if we start to look at how does this policy impact families, I feel like that's the most simple, neutral thing that we could do. And it not as in like families, you know, but every person. That's what I mean when I say families, a unit of people who live together. How does this impact them? And so then we take the politics out of it and we just say, how does this impact everyday citizens, you know? How does this impact my kids, this education? And um, anyway, but it all comes back down to taking back our narrative. For the is- people, we the people. That's what it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's we the in people. the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But we have to demand it. We have to come in and say that's our right. And so we have to. Now come I said in and fight that we have it. to demand it, but it's normal for humans to be selfish. It's kind of like when you take a uh, picture. The first person you look for in that picture is not everybody else. You looking to see how you look. Mm-hmm. See, 
The problem is we all do it. We all got little selfish tendencies. That's the reason why. That's the reason why a lot of times we become a hot mess. Because sometimes the givers get tired of giving to the takers in our society. And sometimes you just say, forget it. I'm not fighting for y'all no more. Y'all ain't giving me no support or any love out there. So guess what? I'm just going to blend in and I'm just going to shut up and color. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Or, or, Because you know a lot of times what's happening. you just like, okay, I throw my hands up. I'm tired of beating my head against the wall. So I might as well fall in line. If I run for office, don't worry about me because I don't care what people think. I'm going to tell all their business of what's going on. I'm telling everything. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, because I said, because I work for y'all. I work for the people. It's kind of like this podcast. I work for y'all. You tell me if it's not educating you or taking mm-hmm. something that's a little stirring up inside you and not bubbling out your mouth and you want to say something. Yeah. Well, and I think it comes back down to like, um, I, I feel like our boundaries have been violated and I, and you know, I guess you could say 2000 years ago, I, I do read the Bible, biblical history. That is stuff I'm very interested in, but they used to every spring, the, the nation of Israel would go to war in old Testament times, Mm -hmm. they would go to war and their war was actually to go and people would try to steal their, they'd remove the boundary stones. They try to take territory that wasn't Mm -hmm. theirs. And so Israel would go to war and they'd go fight for that territory that was theirs. Mm -hmm. And so I, honestly, I feel like we've had a lot of boundaries that have been pushed and, and taken uh, from our office of citizen, from our, our own, you know, what we're entitled to, which is information, accountability, um, and it's been slowly taken what we've been letting it happen. And so I feel like it's time for us to probably stand up and start kind of going to war over boundaries. But it's not we don't need the weapons of, you know, a lot of people are responding in fear to the situation. They don't like what's happening. But I think the weapons of our warfare are not not what you would think. It's not we don't need we need to respond take care of our families. We, you know what I mean? Go to work every day and and then just hold people accountable. So it's just, um, I don't think it's a response in fear, but like, I feel like it's a victory. If I'm, if I'm spending time with my kids, we're playing a game and we have a good night. That's a victory for me. You know, that's taking back a boundary. I'm making them shut off the TV. We're not listening to what other people want to say about what's happening in the world, but I'm just looking out my front door. I'm going to the grocery store and I'm saying, what is my world like? I'm going to say it's good. Life is good. And, but if I listen to the news and how everything is and how scared and all this other stuff we need to be, I'm telling you, I'm shutting that narrative off. And that's my weapon. I'm shutting off the narrative other people want to tell over me in my life. And I'm putting the boundary back up where it goes. And this is my house and this is my family. And, and we decide. Yeah, we decide what, how we are. And we'll Take use control. our own judgment. Yeah, exactly. We'll use our own judgment. Take control that- of your life and stop allowing situations or other people to control what you do. Nobody mm-hmm. make you unhappy. Right. You made you unhappy. A lot of this all ties into we want to blame the government. We want to blame whatever. But then we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing in our own government at home? What are the things that we're doing to get ahead, to be better, to actually come together as a team 
to where we can actually make a difference. Are you adding value every day to someone? If you're not adding value, what did you do today? What did you do with that $86,400, which equals seconds in the day? You can't get it back. It's a user lose. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose it at the end of the end of the midnight. It's gone. It's a new day. And a lot of times yeah. what happens is we try to take our past history of what happened. A lot of times I'm going to go to Yoda. You know, you guys know I love Yoda. But this is in the Bible anyway, too. You know, transforming a renewing of the mind. You know, it all that what he did was say, you got to unlearn what you learned. That's mm -hmm. what Yoda said. So what they did was that's a renewing of your mind. That means becoming childlike and washing off all that dirt of the past. Because remember, history ain't really real. It's not real. Because how many of you out there actually tell every little dirty little secret? Every just little dirty, just dirty. Just just dirty. You know it's dirty. You're like, oh, it's dirty. I don't even want to talk about it. So guess what they did? Back in the old days, people didn't tell their business. They died with that business with them. So guess what? That means history is not real. It can't be because we have egos that's edging God out. That's why I like that from Wayne Dyer. I don't care what y'all say. Edging God out. And as we edge God out, what happens is we're going to leave out something. We're going to leave out something there because we, we don't want nobody to know all that. All of us. We don't want nobody to know all our little business. Mm -mm. But as soon as you let your business out, oh, 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 look what you did. You're going to throw the stone. Look what you did. <laughs> and then then I have, then you have to say to yourself, that's why I tell people with their kids, go ahead and tell them you're bad. I was a bad summerama. I was bad. I'm going to tell you what I did. That's why I told my kids. This is what I did, man. I threw a brick at my brother, conked him upside the head. Man, I was laughing like a crazy person. Go ahead, own it. It's okay. Because the thing is, is that all of us done done something wrong. All of us. It don't mm -hmm. matter who you is. Yeah, and that comes down to like, I'm just going to be honest, how I maintain motivation and, and continue to, a lot of people would look at government with hopelessness. Like, what is the point? Which is how a lot of people have responded to all of this situation is, let's talk about the city of Meridian, Idaho as 120,000 people. 4,000 people voted in the last election. 4,000, maybe, maybe yeah, it was 4, 6. 4,000. Now, how many people in the city? How many people in that city? 120,000. So we're talking to maybe 10,000 at the most. So that's because they tied. They tied. Right. So, how, I mean, that's another statement, but I'm how I, this is how I maintain my motivation is every day I wake up in the morning, first thing, and I look in, in the mirror, which for me, that's the Bible. And I'm reading, you know, and there's all kinds of good and bad in there. It's talking okay. about, you know, and there's a standard of values. And so, you know, just holding myself up. Am I, 
being that meanie today and and then also recognizing mm-hmm. my own value so i get that mirror out first thing in the morning i look in that and then i'm i'm walking on in my day and i have something to hold myself up to but, yeah mirror talk mirror uh-huh. talk is very important right but then that's the other thing i get from that morning routine is I recognize my own value. And then I start to recognize the value of the people around me. But if we are listening to the narrative that's being told about human beings out there, nobody is recognizing their value. Is that why they're not voting? Because they don't think they have something to contribute or they don't, you know what I mean? So I think if we start to recognize our individual value, then we'll start to add value. But we have to recognize first how much we're worth. So recognize your value. That's going to be your homework. I always like to make sure y'all get homework. You know that. So your value, how am I adding value to people every day? As we talk about the government sector, what things can we do to add value to the government people? Because a lot of times they've been incorporated into a cesspool and stirring the pot, even though you got some good seasoning in there, good people in there with good seasoning. And it tastes, they taste so good. And the thing is, is that they've been, they've been stirred in all of this mess, but they need our help mm-hmm. in that struggle that they're having. Remember, problems equals opportunity. Everything that we have today was a problem, even the telephone. Remember, they're still doing telegraph. And they told him, him, they told Alexander Graham Bell he was crazy. We don't need no telephone. We got telegraph. We got telegraph. We good with that. It's the same thing with the smartphone. And how many of us out there got a smartphone? I bet you over 90% of us have a smartphone. How many people want to go back to the flip phone? I don't want to go back to the flip phone. So guess what? In our government, we're going to have more issues And these issues always was there. But this problem is, is we have readily amount of media that bombards us with all kind of, you know, different things. That's why you have to be careful of the media, of what you're listening to. You have to be careful of your media. It's the same thing here. This is media. So what we're trying to do, we're not going to bash not one person or one government official. I don't know all the things they they have pressured on them or who holding stuff over their head because they know they meaning talk or they know some, some dirt on them. Now they're going to put it out there in the street to all of us, just all your little nakedness, going to put it all out there. Now you're going to be trying to cover up and that's what happens. We, we're afraid to just, I tell people, I said, you, you, you didn't know? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah, I conked him. I conked a brother. I, 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 I chased him with a pitchfork. I did all kind of crazy stuff when I was younger. See, the thing is, is that I want to make sure they tell the story right. So history is not real. It's impossible. It's impossible because we all had our own history. Then the other thing I want to just touch on really quick is you're right. History is not real. But then the other thing you talked about how many seconds we have in a day. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking after I went to Iraq and I, I saw how other countries 
you know, what they have. And those people are just as beautiful and just as much valuable as you and I and my children. So they deserve as much as we do as blessings and all of that. So, you know, this isn't to flaunt or, to, or brag, but it's just a state of recognition of what we have. And so it's not perfect, but I think to myself, understanding- It's never gonna be perfect. No, it's not. But to understanding what we have here as a nation, uh, our healthy economy, we have mostly peace. And I'm not saying things don't need fix. Of course, things need fix, but that takes us getting involved. But I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to spend my inheritance? This is not something that I, I was born into this nation. And like my husband, he was born in Poland, but he had to work very hard for his citizenship. So whether you're born into it or you had to work very hard to get your citizenship, how are we going to spend this inheritance? And it, it's certainly we're letting other people decide that for us. And you as a financial consultant can understand and recognize the problems with letting somebody else spend it for you. And so I think that just all comes back down to like taking back the narrative and us figuring out our own time budget. How are we going to spend this inheritance? And not only that, how are we going to keep it so we can pass it down to the next generation? And I think we have a lot of work to do if we want it to be this nice. If we want to leave a big inheritance like what we received here in this country, it's time to get involved and start asking questions. Uh, and we can do it all administratively. We can have reform without kind of, you know, major physical conflict. So as we close down here, we're going to be doing two podcasts a day. I'm, I'm just in full swing here today. We talked about the government talk. We talked about how we need to actually activate ourselves and take action. This is Action Friday. This is the theme for the day, Action Friday. You know, I put a theme on every day of the week, journal and Sunday. We all know that. As we take action today, write down on a piece of paper, take your blank sheet of paper and write down ideas and formulate a game plan with those ideas of how can you take the first step to help if you have to become an advocate, if you have to go talk with your legislator, whoever you have to do, have coffee talk or whatever it is, these are some ideas out there that we can do. But first, I want us to start with our own personal government. That's the personal government of home. I really feel as though that the home, once our home is right, we can go out there and just do what we got to do. We get we get to do what you got to do because you're going to spread that love to everybody else. Now, as we close out, I want Kristen to tell us some other things real quick over the next minute or so and say, what can we do right now to make a difference in the government sector? Help us out, Kristen. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. You hit the first nail on the head. It's taking care of our families and taking back the narrative. So maybe do a little bit of five minute research. If you hear a news story, go search and see, find the whole story. Uh, and you know, but taking care of your family is the best way to take care of our nation. You're gonna go to work. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna love, love your kids, love yourself, love your just nation. Love everybody. Exactly. Love everybody. Yeah, nice. and, and just remember what we have. Remind yourself every day, this is good. And, and there's stuff we need to fix, but we can't, uh, there's last thought is that I, at one point in my life, I had to recognize, I recognized that flight was when we don't need to fight. Sometimes we need to fly up above the problems and take a higher level look. And so 
that's my advice is like, there's all, we're in the chicken hen, you know, but we're eagles. We are a nation of eagles. So maybe test out your wings and come up above being presented. I'm to not in the, the chicken pen. Just letting you know. I just let well, y'all know I find your beast. We ain't in the chicken pen with me because I'm that rooster. I'm that rooster. I dare you to come up in here. Right. So, but take that higher level and we're not going to fix anything by tearing it down. That's right. And let's build, let's be builders of a nation. And, uh, and that just comes from that foundation of family and, and recognizing what we have. You know, we talked about that last time. It was like, stop putting me in the box. All y'all in the boxers are chicken pen. I wrote that down. Y'all chicken pinners. Y'all make sure y'all come out here with this crazy rooster. Because this crazy rooster is trying to shake it up in your mindset. And I don't want y'all lovely, beautiful souls to talk about yourself no more because y'all hurt mm -hmm. my heart. Y'all hurt my heart when y'all have all this just ugly talk. It's just ugly. That's a good point. Forgiveness. We got to forgive ourselves and other people. And let's just find that unity. Mm -hmm. Find the unity. Remember, I expect for everyone to have their own different opinion. Because remember, that's diversity. Mm -hmm. Having that independent thinking, having that, that's what it's about. We're a melting pot of different people. That's what it is. We're a melting pot of different people. No matter if you're from the same area, you still have different thoughts, which are unique to you because each one of us were made uniquely. So we can't be the same. I can't think like Kristen. She's thinking some different thoughts. Now, then we might have some similar ideas. Now, mine might be way out there in the chicken pen. You know, I done threw everything out in the chicken pen. Hers might be a little bit more, uh, you know, set in stone a little bit better. But I think you need to just think wild like a two-year-old or a three-year-old because they're the ones that's going to inherit the earth anyway. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Well said. Well, as we take it on home, y'all have y'all can hit us up on the Facebook. You know how you can hit me up on Facebook on the it's all about the Kool-Aid and the relationships. Our mastermind group. We have some live sessions on there too. And then I still record it on the podcast if you're the podcast listener. And I appreciate you listening as usual. Thank you, Kristen. We can talk forever. And yeah. we definitely going to have her back. I know she made some notes. I made some notes of some different topics we could talk about the next time and bring up more issues. Next time, I think I'm going to have to block an hour and a half. It's going to be an hour and a half one. It's going to be a little bit longer because we're going to get deep. We're going to get deep. Just letting you know. But I love you. Till next time, here we go. Find your beast with Ty. Thanks again, Kristen. <laughs>